Thanks, Will, for getting us off to a great start this year. Yeah, that's kind of the idea of our, our sermon series, our devotion series this year, is just answering that question, who am I? And today, as I said before, we'll do facts versus feelings. So if you live in the digital age like we do, you know that there are lots of ways that people try to take your identity. Crime has become an interesting thing with being able to do it from, well, the comfort of your own living room if you want. You know about phishing, you know about uh, card scanners, right, that, that they read your card and then they steal your identity in that way. You know how important it is to change passwords every once in a while or at least not have a password that's like one, two, three, four or something like that that's easy to guess. That's why, in case you haven't discovered it yet, we switch the password for the Wi-Fi at chapel for the first time in several years. So it's now, can I say this out loud? Maybe I shouldn't say it out loud with a live stream, but look for it. I'll tell you what it is later if you want to know the new <laughs> password to the, uh, for, for the uh, Wi-Fi at chapel. Yeah, we have to do all kinds of things to protect ourselves, right? And, and I find it interesting that we, we go to great lengths, whether it's antiviruses or passwords or whatever it is, to protect our identity when maybe we could make a case for the fact that throughout the world in which we live, there's somewhat of an identity crisis. Isn't that one of the toughest questions to actually ask ourselves? Who, who am I? Where's my place in this world? What am I supposed to be doing? Think, think for a second about how many decisions that you make each and every day, how many of those decisions have kind of behind them what you think other people want you to be or what you think other people expect you to be. Isn't a part of what you wear every day kind of a consideration of what other people might think? The major or career or jobs that you work, right? The food that you eat. I mean, so many things that we make decisions about and don't even get started on all the stuff that has to happen on social media, right? Should I post that picture? Shouldn't I not post that picture? What caption should I use as I post that picture? How many people are going to like it? You know, it's so many decisions that we make because we think other people have expectations of how to define who we are. It's really important to answer that question from a solid perspective. And of course, since this is devotion and we're talking about God and his word, God gives you the perfect answer to that question, who am I? And tonight we'll explore that as we look at facts versus feelings. What I'd love for you to do tonight is read this passage with me. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. Let's speak it together. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Those are some beautiful words. We'll dig into them a little bit through the course of the devotion today. I, I, think, about, I think about that passage and, and how beautiful it is when I think about the struggles that we have to define ourselves and answer that question, who am I? And again, there's all kinds of things that, that this identity search can lead to. If your identity, identity search is all wrapped up in popularity, maybe when that popularity doesn't come to the level that you'd like it to be, it leads to some sadness or maybe even depression. When you have certain expectations for yourself or, or other people have expectations that they've put on you and you don't live up to those expectations, it can be disappointment. And then we think about the things that we have seen, the things that we've heard, the things that we've done. And there can be guilt too, can't there? 
guilt because we know that, that we've fallen far short of the glory of God. Our, our devotion series tonight, you see the picture up there, is based on a book written by uh, Pastor Hebner, who teaches at Wisconsin Lutheran High School in Milwaukee. And the neat thing about it is he wrote it for teens. And so there's parts of the book that really aren't going to apply to us, but it gave a good outline for just speaking about something that is a problem that spans the ages, and that's to have a proper definition. You see, all of those things that I just listed, depression, sadness, loneliness, lack of popularity, guilt, all of those things are symptoms of something that's a far deeper problem. And that's not speaking the right truth. Right? How many times do you think during the day, at least in your heart or in your head, if not speaking it out loud, do you use these words? I feel. Maybe it's, I feel tired. Maybe it's, I feel overwhelmed. Maybe today it's just, I feel excited. The first day of school came and went and I'm still standing. That's great. But maybe it gets a little worse. I feel ashamed. I feel unloved. I feel depressed. I heard a pastor once say that when it comes to our identity, feel is a four-letter word. It doesn't work too well when it comes to identifying who we are because our feelings can come and go. And what happens with feelings a lot of times is those statements, I feel, can easily become, I am. I am unloved. I am ashamed. I am guilty. I am sad. I am depressed. And so it all comes down to this, what voice are you hearing? Are you hearing the voice of others? Are you hearing the voice that's inside of you? Or are you hearing a voice that speaks only the truth? The voice of your Savior. You see, you think of it this way. If, if, if I think in terms of sadness, things that make me sad, right? It's God who turns around and says, but I'm the one who gives you joy. If I think in terms of anxiety, well, it's God who says, I will never leave you or forsake you. If I think that I'm unloved, God says, I've chosen you. You are mine. That's what makes Isaiah 43 so great. That passage just tells us that God summoned us by name. He redeemed us. He's chosen us. We belong to him. That's not a feeling. That's a fact. It's rock solid. God gave you that promise in his word and it will never change. Your unchangeable God doesn't change and when he says to you that you are his own child, that will not ever change. I don't know if you're aware of this, but China is full of glass bridges. Anybody want to take a guess how many glass bridges there are in China? If you get close, I'll give you a candy bar or something. How many did you say? 13? Wow. Should we play the Price is Right game? That's low. 95, higher. 300, higher. 1,000, still higher. It's 2,300. Nice try. There's 2,300 glass bridges in China. Can you believe that? The one that I put on the board is actually one that is pretty recent. I think it was built in like 2016. It's over a quarter mile long. And it spans a canyon that's about a thousand feet below it. And the entire bridge is, as you can see, a glass bottom. All right, so there's three ways you have, let's just say you have to go across. 
There's probably a few of you that say, nope, no thanks, I'll just stay on the other side, right? But let's just pretend for a minute tonight that you have to go across. Okay, so there's three ways basically that you can get across. You might just get down on all fours, maybe even splay out on your hands and feet, right, and just sort of crawl across the bridge, right? Maybe you'll just take tiny little steps like this as you hold on to the edge, or maybe you're one of those crazy people that'll just go running down the bridge and jumping on it and causing trouble for everybody else who's on the bridge, right? Okay, think of those three things. Which of you are splaying out and crawling across the bridge? Go ahead, it's okay if you want to. That's probably me. I'm going to be honest. That's probably what I would do. I'm the only one. I don't believe it. Okay, we got a couple other brave people. How many of you are just sort of hugging the side and just steps? I might be that too. That would be more. Who are my runners? Who's just going right down? Oh, that's amazing. We got some people that are just running across that bridge like nothing. So think of it this way. While all three people if you choose those three things, will make it across the bridge. Is it fair to say this? That the more trust you have that the bridge is going to hold you, the more confident you are in the way that you get across that bridge? Makes sense, right? Do you know that they've actually, you can look this up on YouTube, by the way, they've actually taken sledgehammer to the same kind of glass that they have on these bridges and they can't, you can't break it with a sledgehammer. So it's pretty safe. The fact is, it's safe to go across that bridge. But don't your eyes play tricks on you when you're looking down a thousand feet and there's a glass bottom, right? And you feel a little nervous. And isn't that exactly what the devil does with our feelings? Isn't that exactly what he does? He twists them around and makes us feel unsafe, makes us feel like there's nothing that we can do, makes us feel afraid. And yet, what our faith in Christ does, what our faith in a Savior who says, I've loved you, you're mine, I've redeemed you. That's what guides us through the difficulties of this life. Here's a truth from scripture that you can take with you today. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8 simply says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. The Savior who came to this world to die for you is still your Savior today. And he will be tomorrow, he will be 10 years from now, he will be however long God gives you in this life. If you really think about it, at the root of, of our identity crisis is, is fear. It's fear that drives us away from our Savior. You don't have to look around very far in our world to see how much fear affects people, right? You're experiencing it right now. You're sitting in this room with a mask on because people are afraid of what coronavirus might do, right? You have not just a pandemic, but now people are afraid of their freedoms being taken away. They're afraid of terrorism. There are people that are afraid of everything in this life. And it certainly affects the way that we live. Fear is behind a lot of our feelings, too. Would you say that if I experience anxiety, there's a fear that something bad is going to happen in my life? If I'm sad, there's a fear that nothing is ever going to make me happy again? If I feel guilty, I have this fear that, that maybe this time God won't really forgive me. That's why facts are so important. Because the feelings that come from fear, they aren't the truth. But God speaks the truth. We could say it this way, I'm afraid, okay, but God will never leave me or forsake me. I feel anxious, okay, but God knows exactly what I'm going through. I feel guilty, 
but God already forgave all of my sins in my Savior Jesus. You see, it's those facts that have to replace the feelings and remind us who we are, that we are God's own children and heirs of eternal life. And all of those promises, they're rooted. Rooted in the word of God, which tells you your Savior not only lived for you and not only died for you, but he left his tomb empty. He rose from the grave to guarantee your forgiveness now and forever. Real quickly, I just want to give you a biblical example of how this facts versus feelings work. Maybe just from the picture, you know the story. If you'd like to read about it this week sometime, it's in Matthew chapter 14. Jesus just got done performing the miracle of feeding the 5,000. You might remember that story where he had five loaves of bread and two fish and fed everyone and then they had 12 basketfuls of leftovers. Right after that, Jesus went up on a mountainside by himself to pray and the disciples went out onto the Sea of Galilee in their boat. The Bible tells us right before dawn, so it's still dark out, Jesus comes out to them on the lake walking on the water. Fear. You remember what they thought he was? A ghost. And they cried out. And then Jesus said, facts, don't be afraid, it's me. And then you remember Peter? Peter, Mr. Bold and Brash, I'm ready to do whatever it takes, right? Maybe it's because he just saw the feeding of the 5,000, but he says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out to you walk and, and walk on the water. And Jesus simply says, come. Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on the water. And then feelings, right? He sees the waves, he feels the wind, he thinks to himself, wait, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be able to do this. And he starts to sink. But there's Jesus with his hand outstretched, ready to pull Peter up, remind him that he's greater than anything, even nature, and has power over all things. That's your guarantee too. Your feelings have nothing to do with the fact that Jesus loves you, that he already died for you, and that a place in heaven is prepared for you forever. That's what I'd like you to take away tonight from our little devotion. Number one, to avoid an identity crisis and keep feelings from replacing facts, listen to your Savior's voice. If you take nothing else with you tonight, take these two statements. It is finished. That's what Jesus said on the cross about your payment, the payment for your sins and mine. It is finished. And then, he is risen. Your guarantee that Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do when he left his tomb empty. It is finished, he is risen. And number two, God makes it personal too, doesn't he? In Isaiah chapter 43, he says, you are mine. And that's true both now and forever. When my children were baptized, my, my mother made banners, baptism banners for them. And those baptism banners had their dates on them, the dates of their baptisms, and it had their name at the top and then just said these words from Isaiah chapter 43. I've called you by name, you are mine. What a perfect thing to kind of commemorate, I suppose you could say, a baptism and what happens in that baptism that God claims us as his very own. And that's exactly what he's done for you. Through your faith in Jesus, he has claimed you as his very own. Most of you are not named Adam, but you can put your own name in there because that's exactly what God is saying to you through Isaiah chapter 43. That's your identity solution is God tells you exactly who you are. You're his. You are his own child, 
bought with Jesus' blood and an heir of eternal life. That's a fact. Amen.